0: Hello, witches and seekers, and thank you for tuning in to the Fat Feminist Witch Podcast. Today, in honor of Friday the 13th, on a very spooky day in October, I am going to be talking about probably my favorite good luck slash bad luck charm, black cats. I'm going to talk about black cats, how you can attract a familiar to your home to help you work with your magic, the everyday magic that even regular cats bring to your house, and some sketchy herbs and magic rocks that you can use when working with your own very magical cat. Happy Friday the 13th, everybody. Uh, I happen to think Friday the 13th is a very lucky day for witches. It's got that same spooky, very like other energy that witches always seem to work with the best. So I am in an excellent mood. I also have coffee with Baileys. So I'm in an excellent mood. (sighs) Nothing like a little Irish coffee on a gloomy day. I hope your Friday the 13th is a little prettier outside than mine. But I think a gloomy Friday the 13th is actually... A little bit more, it's very Shakespearean I think. (laughs) So black cats and witches go together like newt's eyes and cauldrons. This is the ancient (laughs) witchy stereotype. The black cat has been following in the footsteps of their witchy master for as long as anyone can remember. And it's honestly no wonder. Cats are mysterious, agile, cunning, and they're super vicious hunters. Cats get what they want and they always land on all fours no matter what. The power and the worship of cats goes back all the way to ancient Egypt and to the goddess Bast, the mother of all cats. (laughs) Bast was the goddess of love, sexuality, fertility, and music. She was a strong sensual goddess and is often depicted as being part cat or just surrounded by cats. Her grace and beauty and her overall mystery and magic really matched that of cats and especially black cats and that's really where the story of the black cat and witches begin. Witches have always been seen as, as wild women and women without morals, uh, women who issue the domination of men <laughs> and a male-run society. They go where they want, they do what they want, and they get into places that maybe they don't belong, but where they make a home for themselves anyways. Um, because of cats and their relation to Bast, the strong sexual goddess, cat- cats and witches are just... They're partners in crime in this rebellion from the norm. Having a cat around and working with cats and having cat imagery is one of the most witchy energies that you can call into your space, as far as I'm concerned, anyways. This is coming from a super cat lady. I am totally a cat lady friends. I have actually made friends with all of the cats in my neighborhood. I can't have a cat in my house. I'm not allowed to have my own cat. So I've made friends with all the cats in the neighborhood. They kind of follow me around. I've got cat food here. So if you are not a cat lady, uh, that's totally okay. You can still work with the energy of cats and with cat-related goddesses like Bast through cat imagery, uh, products and stuff like uh, black cat oil, which you can find in a lot of Hoodoo and Conjure books, um, black cat candles that bring in all sorts of protective, magical and, and sensual energies to your altar space or to your own working. So today we're going to talk a little bit about how you can actually work with cats and attract familiars and and what even a familiar is. Now, a familiar doesn't always have to be a cat. Your animal familiar, an animal familiar for a witch is basically, um, it's an animal with a spirit of a witch or of a being related to magic, usually. It's your animal companion that you work with, that you draw energy from, from to create spells, or that you share energy with for protecting and, you know, companionship still. Now, these don't always have to be a cat, and they certainly don't always have to be a black cat. You can have a familiar that is a beta fish in a bowl, or a little bunny, <laughs> like my Jimmy Hoppa, or a ferret, or a bird. It's totally up to you. But black cats are the classic, of course, and on Friday the 13th, the day when you shouldn't let a black cat cross your path, I'm going to tell you why. Maybe it's better to bring the black cat into your home. The black cat is the one most associated with witches and magic, as I'm sure you're all totally aware of. In French, the black cat is called the matagot, or the magician's cat. Contrary to North American superstitions, the Matagot was considered good luck, and any family who welcomed such a cat into their home was truly blessed. In England and Japan, a black cat crossing your path is actually seen as a good luck charm. Uh, When the pilgrims came to North America, armed with their, you know, biblical level prejudice, they feared anything that could be considered evil or in alliance with the devil. This, of course, came through in all of our, our witch hunts that, that happened both in England and here afterwards. So the pilgrims decided that all black cats were either witches' familiars or witches themselves who could shapeshift into the cat. And this is why many people believe black cats are unlucky now, especially here in North America. That's literally the root. <laughs> the reason we believe that is because those awful pilgrims brought that, I mean, just next level prejudice with them and they were afraid of anything that might be misconstrued as evil. That being said, cats as a uh, a fairy-like creature or a witch that is shape-shifting, that is a story that is as old as time and it's found all over Europe especially. In Scotland, a fairy creature known as the cat, she was depicted as a large black cat with a white spot on its chest and was known as the king of the cats. And normally when you see artistic depictions, it's kind of like it almost looks like a very large alley cat. This is not a fluffy kind of friendly cat. This is a very sleek, skinny alley type cat. (laughs) Looks a little feral. So like most fairy creatures, the cat she were not really trusted by (laughs) by the people of the Scottish Highlands. They were very wary of the cat. Uh, Legend said that the cat she could steal the soul of any person who had recently died before their soul could be taken to the afterlife by the gods by passing over the body before the funeral. So night watches were actually set up, and many methods of distraction were often set up to keep the cat she away from the body at all costs. It was also said that the spectral cat was attracted to warm fires, since cats love to sleep on the hearth, and so none were lit in the funeral room. On Samhain, households that put out a saucer of milk for the cat she would be blessed for the year with good luck, and houses that did not would be cursed with dried up cows until the following Samhain when they got a chance at redemption. I love this super fun story, especially now that Halloween is coming. Halloween and Samhain. I'm more of a Halloween fan. I always try to keep cat decorations outside at Halloween for kind of for this purpose. Um, I didn't know it was a Scottish fairy tale, but feeding the cats in the neighborhood, especially the black cats, especially on nights when the veil is kind of thin. And there's this blending of our world and the the world of the dead and the fairy world and everything like that. We were always very friendly to the cats in the neighborhood, especially around that time. I actually do leave little cat treats outside for little cat trick-or-treaters that come around. I didn't know I was (laughs) welcoming and blessings, but uh, man, I'll take them. I will take them. So as the cat she uh, legend changed and grew over time, the cat she actually became a witch who could take the form of the cat rather than this creature from the fairy realm. And this is part of where in the British Isles you have uh, witches themselves who can turn into cats. You know, vampires got bats. (laughs) Dracula could change into a bat and fly through the sky. But cats can get just about anywhere into tiny corners and crevices. Uh, They can hide anywhere. And because they're black, they're very stealthy. So the black cat has always been seen as a symbol of magic and the mysteries of the nighttime world. Many black cats have been depicted almost being like electrically charged. This is another one you see a lot at Halloween. You see the cat up on its haunches with its back all up and rigid and its tail fluffed out and almost this electrical pulse going through this cat. Now, this is the stance of a cat, of course, who is uh, defensive, fighting, angry. And it's supposed to be kind of scary. But when I see this, what I more see is this magical animal that is is brimming with energy because they're out during their season and they're most connected to that other world that they kind of go between. I see black cats as almost like um almost like a mobile liminal space. <laughs> Wherever a black cat is there is an entrance I think to uh, other worlds and other planes because I think I honestly believe that cats move through both So the nocturnal mystery of the cat (laughs) was a companion to the wise women, the healers, the conjurers, and even the cunning men who gathered magical herbs by the light of the moon. Many magical herbs, um, especially medicinal magical herbs, are said to be more potent when they're collected during certain phases of the moon under the moonlight. So those who were suspected of magic or witchcraft or were sin eaters who worked with the funeral rites... A lot of them worked at nighttime and could be seen at nighttime very silently collecting herbs which is kind of a mysterious and foreboding kind of image so you can use these images and these nighttime depictions of black cats uh the matago in your spells to increase your magical power to incite mystery to bring in moon energy cats are great symbolism and imagery for any sort of full moon spell i like cat candles for the full moons <laughs> And there are so many ways that you can incorporate that really witchy, mysterious energy into your spells just by bringing, thinking of a cat, being like a cat, and bringing in that energy of the cat. In general, all cats, whether they are all black or they're calico or they're bright orange stripes, they have this natural connection to the moon and to mystery and to magic and to stealth. So, Working with a cat or familiar can be incredibly rewarding and can really boost your magic and can also help you harness those feelings of like confidence and sure-footedness that cats are so known for. Working magic with your cat uh, necessitates a kind of closeness between the two. So if you find that every time you're doing magic or you're meditating or you're working with any sort of magical energy, if your cat is coming around, hanging out, they are lending their energy to your spell. Or maybe they're just really interested to find out what they're doing. They smell something different. It's something instinctual for them. So if you want to work with your own familiar and you want to stick with the cat, let's start by actually attracting you a cat (laughs) so let's say you don't have a cat but you're interested in working with a cat familiar you've always been drawn to cats and you're looking for an animal companion that you can work magic with many witches believe that the the familiar will choose the witch but that doesn't mean you can't be proactive about finding yourself a feline familiar so you can visit animal shelters or maybe even volunteer there and see if you and any of the cats really click finding a cat through a shelter or a fostering program or through volunteering with cat shelters and things like that, as opposed to going through a breeder, really assures you that your cat is familiar with people. It's in good health. It's well cared for. And it also means that this cat has a more unique vision of the world. Not only that, but there are so many cats in shelters and living on the street and who are being put down because of there's too many cats, apparently something I firmly disagree with (laughs) that I always believe in, in making the most ethical choice with your magic. And I believe that for the most part, adopting a cat has a little bit better energy than going to a breeder and paying for a high priced cat. I think it just adds a little something extra you can also attract a new familiar to your home, especially if you live somewhere where there's lots of cats out that live out, um, outside naturally who are feral and who might need a home or a person. You can plant catnip or cat grass outside and you will make so many cat friends even if they don't end up sticking around. You can put images of cats in your windows that have been charged with this intent to attract a friend and you can even do candle spells to attract them. Like I said, I love cat-shaped Candles And these have a lot of uses outside of any sort of cat-related magic. Like I said, cats are symbols of sensuality and sexuality and also of power and confidence. But you can, of course, use these cat-shaped candles to attract a familiar into your life. You can use brown, which is the most common for uh, doing magic with animals, although brown candles are not as common. I like something like red. Or black, if you want to attract a black cat even. You can even, um, if your cat your, your cat candle is large enough, you can carve some of the qualities of the cat that you were looking for right into the candle. Um, so a lot of metaphysical stores carry the cat-shaped candles, and I really think it's worth it to go for one. <laughs> you want to dress your candle in an, in an attracting oil, like a magnet oil, or even a catnip oil if you can find it, and meditate on the kind of familiar that you feel is best for you I like to put that vibe out there like um, instead of listening like I want a black cat and I want it to be a girl I want them to be this old and I want them to be fluffy instead I want you to put that intention out there of attracting the best familiar for you and think of some of the more magical qualities you want your cat to have so a cat that senses negativity or maybe a cat that is especially in tune with the spirit world A cat that is very independent and and stays away and doesn't climb on my things, or maybe the very opposite, a very clingy cat that always wants to be nearby, always wants to be around your stuff and is really working that physical energy. I think that's the best way to do it. It's almost like attracting (laughs) a life partner, you know? You want to list the kinds of qualities you want them to have on the inside, the kinds of things you guys want to have in common, the kind of magic you and your cat want to do. That's how you attract your cat. Now, you want to put that energy out into the world, burn that cat candle. I like to burn it right outside, or um, you can put it, again, if you have your catnip or your cat grass growing, you can use that as either a holder for for your cat candle, or you can burn your candle around those plants or herbs. Um, Do this once a a month, especially on or after your new moon, and eventually your cat familiar will make itself known to you. You can also use tarot or any sort of divinatory methods to ask questions about your cat as well. I like to use, I actually have a cat tarot deck that I use to read almost exclusively when there is a cat here. I don't even own a cat, but I have a cat tarot deck for this purpose. And whenever a cat comes here to visit, I do a reading with my cat tarot deck. And I find that when I do it when the cat's actually here, I get a much more accurate reading. I also find that the cats on the cards will physically resemble whichever cat is visiting, and it's different cats. So I find that to be very interesting. Cats are super, super magical. It's the Tarot of Pagan Cats by Llewellyn and Los Carabeo, by the way. So unfortunately, just because you find yourself a cat that you really click with and that you love and you're excited to bring home, it doesn't mean that they'll be interested in being familiar or involved with your magic. And it's really important not to force it. You can start easing your cat into it, set up some magical items on the floor somewhere that they like and see how they react. Um, Maybe put a cat perch right near your altar if you don't want to put things on the floor. That will make it really clear to your cat that there is a space for them that is especially for them right there with your magical items and tools in your sacred space. You can offer treats before rituals, so they associate treats and pets and maybe, you know, some nice chin scritches or butt scratches with ritual time and they'll get really excited. And if you want to physically bring your cat into your circle if you make one or your working space be very gentle and let them leave if they're uncomfortable I actually as a lot of you know I don't have my own cat like I said but I do have a rabbit he's a very interesting rabbit he's not very cuddly he doesn't want me to pick him up but whenever I've done magic or ritual he'll come into my bedroom where my altar is and he'll sit nearby I have a vintage suitcase that I use to hold a lot of my magical items I'll keep it on the floor he'll actually sit on it and either look up at what I'm doing or he will sit there between me and the door to the room and watch the door which I find really really interesting he's not even a cat (laughs) he's a magician's rabbit he's a white rabbit so animals will all react a different way to magic if your cat is interested in sitting there and participating or even just watching being nearby lending their energy if they sit there and they purr and they feel comfortable you've got yourself a really great magical cat and that might be the only familiar type act that they do but Trust me, it is more than enough. You can also incorporate catnip as an herb into your spells and rituals. Catnip is really popular in spells to attract love and best friends, actually friendship, uh, platonic relationships. It attracts good spirits and good luck to your home. It's very much, um, it is a mint, so it's very much got those very refreshing, clean, happy, minty vibes. It's a great a great herb to use in almost any magical working. You can also add it to tea, and it does taste very tasty and a little bit minty. So like I said, your magical cat or familiar will be interested in your magic in some way and not act like you've just pulled out the vacuum cleaner to ruin their life. If your cat is not interested, just really be happy that you have this wonderful cat to share your life with. Just because a cat is not interested in getting, um, you know, hands on, paws on involved in your magical work does not mean there are no magical benefits to having a cat in your home. Whether you've got a familiar or maybe just a a cat friend, cats have a ton of magical benefits that can, can, excuse me, can improve the energy of your home and the overall well being of everything. So cats climb in, on, around, and underneath everything. And those with cats, you know, now I'm not saying it's great that they break stuff all the time, but maybe you really didn't need that stuff. <laughs> I tr- I try to think of it that way so I get a little less mad at the cats. <laughs> they have a very fluid way of getting into all of the corners and dark, dark spots of your home. And since cats are so in tune with energy, it's really no mistake, cats really move energy around. They break up stale and negative energy and they keep the energy around your house constantly moving. And they really do this on purpose. Cats are, they can sense things. They're very intuitive and they can sense things like illness or sadness or depression or negative emotions or situations. They can detect negativity. Uh, Many animals can sense spiritual activity or fairy activity, whatever you got going on. And so when your cat is, you know, tucking itself into this tiny, dark, gross, dusty corner coming out all disgusting and you're like, why would you do this? They're doing it for a reason. They're getting in there, they're breaking up that energy. The only thing worse than bad energy hanging around your house is stale energy hanging around your house. This is actually, this is something I learned from Magical Housekeeping by Tess Whitehurst, which uh, we read last month in the Witch and Bitch book club. Stale energy is just, it's just like everything else. It collects dust and this collects metaphysical dust. It's not moving. If you've ever gone through, if you're a person who likes pets and you've ever gone through a period of time where you have no animals in the house, this is something you'll really notice. I know I did. For a while, I didn't have any pets at all. I I have had pets my entire life and all my pets had passed away or I had moved on, whatever. And for a few months at least, I think it was like six months, I had no pets. And I noticed that my house felt Bizarre. I felt like there were entire sections of rooms that I just didn't feel comfortable in and I was constantly sweeping. I was sweeping corners and under my bed and I was moving stuff in my closet all the time and I was just really um, restless with my stuff. And when I have cats or animals, I find that those really restless feelings around my home tend to stop because I don't need to move things into into these corners. I don't need to move that energy around because it's always moving because the cat is moving through there. So cats do have a positive effect on your home and your energy all around the place, whether they're comfortable, like I said, getting paws on, on your in your magic spells or not. Uh Cats also do this wonderful, wonderful thing. When you are sick or you're going through a deep depression or you're going through something very traumatic or you're feeling grief, most cats will come in, cuddle to cheer you up, or at least sit nearby and start clearing the space around you. And they do this with sound, with purring. Purring. That purring sound, I'm almost positive that... Scientists have discovered that it has a definite like chemical calming effect on us. Like it activates something in your brain that makes you feel better. And I honestly believe that having a cat happily sit in your room and start purring so that that purring sound kind of radiates all around you is just as good as burning your sage or your Palo Santo or anything like that, ringing a bell. It's the same kind of thing. At nighttime, cats also take their jobs as the night watchmen very, very seriously. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but if you go for a walk around twilight when it's starting to get dark and you walk by the houses, you will see all of these cats coming down the driveway, walking towards the sidewalk, sitting at the sidewalk, sitting out front of their houses and watching that night move in. It's really, really cool. If you don't live in a city, this is something you might not have seen. I'm I'm sure cats out in the country do something a little bit different. But here where I live around twilight when it's starting to get dark, The sidewalks are lined with cats sitting outside of their home and watching for the night when they can skulk around and protect their property. Very, very interesting. So cats at nighttime, they take this job that they have as their... They're beings of the night very seriously and they protect you from assailants and they keep away spirits and nightmares. So if you suffer from any nightmares or night terrors, you can clear your bedroom with smoke like a sage or a sandalwood or or even just tuck some nice herbs under your pillow like your catnip or your rosemary. And when you go to bed, call in your cat and you can explain to them the problem and ask them for help. This might sound silly if you're not already a cat person. (laughs) If you are a cat person, I'm sure that makes perfect sense. So whether or not your cat is a magical cat, your cat definitely has positive effects on you and your house and even on your magic. So let's say you are not a cat person, or maybe you've just got a really bad cat allergy or can't have pets at home. There are tons of ways that you can work with cat energy, especially black cat energy, especially on Friday the 13th, or any time of the year really. Although Halloween, Samhain and spooky days like Friday the thirteenth are the time we think most about black cats. Cat energy is something that lasts all year round. There are even cats that are more prone to uh, living in colder temperatures, so working with something like a Norwegian forest cat in the winter time can really help you harness that winter energy likewise uh naked cats are much <laughs> are very good in warmer climates and for luxury and prosperity the kind of cat that you are working with is something you should also look into the cat's personality (laughs) factor that into your magic but you can use imagery and um magical tools that are related to cats to bring this energy in so of course there are goddesses of cats and let's start there <laughs> because even if you are not a theistic practitioner, even if you don't believe in gods or goddesses, you might have seen these absolutely gorgeous statues of Bast or Bastet. She is a, she, she's usually depicted as either a beautiful black cat wearing Egyptian jewelry or as a Egyptian goddess with the head of a black cat. And these beautiful statuary and images are something I found really resonate with, with all people, all people, uh, men, women, magical practitioners, uh, Christians, it just doesn't matter. There's something about Bast that makes people, that draws people to her. So as I said earlier, Bast is the goddess of fertility, love, and music and sexuality. She was most frequently depicted as the woman with the head of a black cat, or like I said, as the full black cat. Her city in Egypt was called Bubastis and here her temple featured a lush grove and was home to many many temple cats (laughs) who were pampered to no end. This is where the Egyptians worshipping cats really come in. This was the cat temple. So the temple also served as the final resting place for other beloved cats of the common people. Thousands of mummified cats have been found in the tombs at the temple there, and it's believed that by laying their beloved pets to rest here with Bast, that their words and prayers would reach the goddess. There were even a few royal shrines erected by pharaohs for their cats. The goddess Bast is gentle, loving, and totally understanding, though fiercely protective of her family. When Bast becomes threatened, she takes on the persona of this predatory lioness called Pasht. She loves to celebrate, dance, and have fun, and her festivals in mid-April always caused quite a stir (laughs) and are often compared to modern-day Mardi Gras celebrations. So you can call on Bass when you want to do magic to increase your sexuality or sexual attraction and for fertility or pregnancy. She's also a great goddess to invite into a party or a gathering, a very jovial atmosphere. You can find Egyptian-style musical instruments uh, like a cistern, and use that to clear space in your home and ask Bast for her protection. Like I said, you can also get this, these beautiful images and statuary of Bast, and these are especially great to keep in your bedroom or your bathroom, somewhere where you really focus on your sexuality, your sensuality, your beauty, and where you need confidence before heading out the door. Sekmet is another Egyptian cat deity. Although sort of like a polar opposite of Bast. So Sekhmet was portrayed with the head of a lioness. uh, So she was more of a like a really nice caramel color and was often shown with a crown of fire or pure sunlight and a cobra. (laughs) She's kind of super badass. So she was often referred to as the terrible one or she who is powerful, which I think are awesome labels that every witch should adopt. And she was the goddess of human fate and it's often associated with the color red to symbolize the power of sun and the bloodshed during battle. I actually went to a, when I was at convocation a few years back, I went to an altar for beginners class just to kind of check it out because I like altars. I think they're very cool and creative. And the woman leading the class is has dedicated herself to Sekhmet. And the altar top that she decorated was absolutely incredible it was all reds and golds it was she again had musical instruments like the cistern she had lots of very cool symbolism of power and fire and it was absolutely gorgeous Sekhmet I think doesn't get enough credibility in the whole witchy cat world so Even though Sekhmet sounds terrifying, (laughs) she did definitely have softer qualities. She was a really fierce protector, much like Bast, uh, who brought closure to unhealthy situations, was incredibly wise, and was fiercely protective of her people. Not just her family, but but her people. So you can call on Sekhmet if you feel threatened or attacked to defend yourself or your home and for courage and strength in difficult situations. If you're going through um, a really difficult situation, Situation where you feel like you're at war. I think especially of things like divorce or, um, you know, problems at work where it's it's really almost life or death and you really have to stand up for what you believe in. One of my absolute favorite goddesses, even as someone who doesn't, you know, believe in goddesses, is Freya. Freya is the Norse goddess of love and sexuality, beauty, magic, shape-shifting, and she was the leader of the Valkyries. She is a really... Cool and incredible goddess to read about. She is my favorite Norse deity for sure, and I don't know how it happened, but I actually have lots of depictions of Freya all around my home. And I think part of that is because she was also known as the mistress of cats, and she rode in a chariot pulled by two large silver, like lynx type cats. Just absolutely so cool. Cats are known as. The sacred animal to this goddess, and farmers who put out milk for stray cats were thought to be blessed by Freya, which sounds a lot like the cat she in, in Scotland, which I think is fun. Freya was also a really talented witch, and she taught other Norse gods about love potions and love charms. And in modern days, she's associated with magic, witches, intuition, cat magic, enchantment, and female power. She's really a strong, girl power kind of goddess. So you can get in touch with Freya or call in Freya or bring in imageries of Freya when you need to get in touch with a feminine side, quote unquote, or any magic to do with love, boosting your intuition or psychic power, or when you're unsure which path to take and maybe need to hop a lift on a cat-drawn chariot. (laughs) I know I wish I had a cat-drawn chariot to just ride around in. Freya is a goddess that makes me feel really powerful and empowered and... She makes me feel really witchy. I I didn't really get interested in Freya until I started getting a little bit more serious about witchcraft a few years ago. And now she's all over my home. (laughs) She is a goddess of witches and and cat loving witches, if ever I found one. So you can bring in imagery of any of these goddesses. You can call on them. You can get herbs or crystals or something that are sacred to these goddesses. I also have a um, it's an Egyptian musk incense that I've called Bastet, and I use it for those kinds of purposes, you know, sensuality and working with magic and, and protecting my home and feeling safe where I live. So there are lots of different ways to call in those goddesses or use that imagery to bolst- bolster your magic. Now, some sketchy herbs and magic rocks. <laughs> like I said, you can incorporate herbs or crystals into your magic to work with this cat energy. The most common, of course, is catnip. catnip encourages love good fortune beauty and happiness so you can tuck the flowering tops into charm bags for these purposes and you can bless it before giving it to your magical cat I also because it's Friday the 13th I often associate peppermint with good luck and because catnip is a mint I kind of think of catnip as a good luck charm as the cats always land on their feet type good luck I find that catnip is a really good luck charm if you feel that you're stumbling lately or that you're having a hard time grounding or getting a grasp on what you're doing. And catnip can be a good way to help you have a little bit more <laughs> more grounded style of luck for the day, I think. Another herb that cats really, really love is called valerian. Valerian flowers and leaves are used in spells for love and to get a good night's sleep. You actually might have seen valerian supplements in your pharmacy for uh, insomnia and sleep issues. Valerian is really, really, it smells weird in capsule form, but in its regular herb form, valerian is a very very cool herb to work with magically. It's something that I do like to put in mojo bags and and little sachets and stuff like that. And I like to include it in um, dream pillows and any sort of dream magic as well, because it does help promote a good night's sleep. So a couple of uh, magic rocks here. We have amber, which is probably one of my favorites as far as cat magic is concerned. Amber is sacred to Freya, so if you're if you want to work with uh, with Freya uh, as her cat goddess energy, you can bring in amber into your space, and it can offer safety and relief in the birth of kittens, which is really cute. Um, I love baby jewelry made out of amber. I actually bought a baby necklace because it, it fits around my ankle. <laughs> um, amber jewelry is worn to help relieve the pain of teething in children. I definitely wear amber around my ankle because I have chronic pain issues. And I feel like wearing the amber on days when I'm really, really feeling that pain, it, it helps me to get through it just a little bit. I don't know if I'm getting the physical effects of amber or if it's just my my spiritual, spiritual, you know, metaphysical vibes that are getting the leg up. But I really like to bring in amber for any sort of chronic pain. And when you need... Um, to help get yourself going a little bit. And I often think of Freya when I'm wearing or carrying my amber. Uh, Citrine is a popular protection talisman for cats. This is another one you can bring onto your altar, or if you have a cat, you can get little collars that have citrine charms on them. Uh, Lapis lazuli was a popular stone in ancient Egypt for healing and increasing psychic abilities. And it was also very popular in, again, uh, jewelry that was put on these, these cats that were worshiped in the temple lapis lazuli is really an interesting stone it looks like if you get around lapis lazuli it really looks like you're looking at a view of our planet from space but with gold sparkles all over it it's not one a lot of people consider to be a cat stone because, but because of its prominence in ancient egypt and in magical jewelry and talismans there i think it's got a definite ancestral connection to the practice of worshiping cats cat's eye might have sounded the most obvious but cat's eye is not one that i find a lot of people use but it's a stone of protection it's used to protect from the evil eye and to bring good luck so it's a good one for friday the 13th and it also protects the accident prone much like a cat always landing on its feet this is another one where it gives you a little bit more of a stable vibe Tiger's eye is one that comes in a few colors. You can get gold, red, or blue, and they often have different names like tiger's eye, dragon's eye, hawk's eye. So the gold is used for creativity, prosperity, and balance. Uh, The blue is for intuition, emotional balance, and peace. And the red is all about vitality, confidence, and energy. The red and the gold are really, really great Sekhmet crystals. These are ones that you can put onto your altar top to have that more intense That more intense energy that brings you confidence and uh, prepares you for war. Whereas your red is used for intuition, emotional balance. It's more to do with your bastet-type qualities. So... Those are really easy to work with. Catnip, you can put in teas, you can put in mojo bags, you can burn as incense, you can put in herbal cigarettes if, you're, if you use any of your herbs that way. And all of these crystals are something you can wear or, again, um, attach right to your cat if you have one. You can keep some of the crystals right in with your cat's food to increase, you know, to add blessings and and good vibes to your cat's food and energy. Um, I wouldn't suggest putting any in your cat's water because some crystals do have um, dangerous metals that can leach out. If you're not sure about crystals, don't put them in the water. But in dry food, absolutely. That's actually something I do. Like I said, I have a bag of cat food for cats who come to visit. And I have a cat's eye crystal and a citrine sitting in the bag (laughs) to add some good vibes. As I said, you don't have to have your own cat to practice cat magic. You can bring in these cat um, energies, these crystals, these herbs, these this imagery. And you can also just show welfare to cats out into the world to to gain their blessing and and their energy. I did mention volunteering at cat rescues or at... um, What is the word I'm looking for? Cat rescues or animal shelters. Because the cold weather is coming up, many of your animal shelters will no doubt be having, uh, they'll be needing volunteers. They'll be looking for people to help build shelters, to help uh, clean up with the cats because they bring so many more in when the weather gets a little bit bad. So definitely look into something like that. I'm starting at my new cat rescue in my cuddle volunteer position next month, and I am so excited. So that's everything I have to, for you today on cat magic. You can find all of the information from this episode and a little bit more on the blog at the thefatfeministwitch.wordpress.com. Most of this information, like I said, some came from Magical Housekeeping by Tess Whitehurst, but most of it came from The Enchanted Cat by Ellen Dugan. Probably my favorite book, on cat magic. This book has spells, rituals. It tells you how to have rituals to welcome a new cat, as well as saying goodbye to a cat who has passed on, uh, how to work with cats, types of cats, and cat horoscopes. So, if you're wondering what kind of specific energy calico hats have over, you know, Sphinx cats, you can find out a little bit more about that in the book. I highly recommend it. Uh, It took me actually years to get a copy of this book, so it might be hard to find. But if you do, I highly suggest you picking it up. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fat Feminist Witch Podcast. Do you have magical cats? I want to see pictures. You can share pictures with me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I use Pinterest sometimes, though I don't know if you can get directly a hold of me. I'd love to see pictures of your magical cat if you like to discuss some of these witchy topics and you want to share pictures and you want to get involved with other witches consider heading to thefatfeministwitch.patreon.com and joining my witch and bitch group this is the kind of stuff we talk about on an average everyday basis especially cats because i am a cat lady so thank you so much for tuning in everybody i hope you have a wonderful and very very spooky and lucky Friday the 13th here in October. And I hope to be back again soon. Stay magical, everybody.